Okay, if you could just give us a level check, that would be great. I'm Dalila Mohammed. I run the 400 meter hurdles and I got a silver. They're heavy, but you know this because this is not your first. They are very heavy. What just happened? The mic, it just banged my Olympic medal. I'm Elizabeth Beisel, two-time Olympic medalist, and I'm jumping the press rope to take you inside the Athletes' Village, one of the most interesting and exclusive places at the 2020 Tokyo Olympic and Paralympic Games. We'll have unfiltered conversations with Olympic athletes from the ground about the daily experiences that make up a majority of the athlete life at the Games. After all, it isn't all nail-biting pressure and medal ceremonies. This podcast is presented by Nordatrack from iFit. You can hear us in the headphones, okay? <laughs> okay, we'll get started in three, two, one. Well, let's not reenact it, um, but <laughs> please don't. Let's not reenact it, but you know, these metals, they're really heavy. Me trying to scoot a little closer to the um, the mic, it just banged my Olympic medal on the table, but it's okay. No scratches. No scratches so yet. Good. You know, we're still going good about 24 hours now, kind of less than that. Congratulations. Um, and that silver was won in probably one of the greatest 400 meter hurdles race that I've personally ever witnessed. Um, you won a silver medal in underworld record time, which is pretty incredible. The men did it as well. Can you talk about the emotions that you had going into that race? Because I'm sure you knew it was going to be down to the wire and kind of how you've processed those emotions and you're feeling now post-race after winning that silver. I knew it was going to be a fast race. I definitely felt that. I definitely was feeling the nerves, um, just um, the anticipation of what the race could be. Um, I just was telling myself before the race to just, just live in the moment, be in the moment and go for it. I think that was all you could do and all I you know, wanted to do. It was just, I felt like I had nothing to lose, honestly. And I, I knew it would be a fast race. I wanted to be part of a, a fast race and to just really, really do my best. So, you know, post-race, you know, we always want to come home with the gold. But honestly, you know, seeing the time, 51.5, um, it definitely, you know, made me smile. I remember kind of being thinking like when I was a young child, like if I ever broke a record and got second, that'd be the worst thing ever. And honestly, that's not the case at all. And it, it was definitely just a joyous moment for, you know, just seeing Sydney run something ridiculously fast and even Femke running something ridiculously fast and just being a part of that. Yeah. And you talk about that fast race and going a best time. And, you know, for somebody that's not in track, they might think, oh, 1.6 seconds, that's not much time at all. And from 2016 until now, that's how much you've dropped. And for those listening, Dalila, can you explain the amount of work that goes into five years of training to drop to what seemingly is just 1.6 seconds, but it's so much more than that? You know, it is. And it's, it's kind of crazy to me even thinking about all the hard work that goes into, you know, trying to compete the 400 meter hurdles and just to, um, you know, to make that have a second drop, which is, you know, huge. It's, it's really, uh, you know, it takes so much more than what you've done previously to kind of get there. Um, the workouts got harder, the commitment got stronger, um, the strength 
you know, definitely just doing crazy, crazy strength workouts to kind of prepare for it, to kind of improve my finish, improve my speed. So it was just definitely, you know, five years is a long time to wait to kind of, you know, compete at the Olympics again. And you kind of just take it day by day, but you kind of just have to stay in that mental zone of just wanting to be competitive, take your breaks when you need to, but really, really be competitive um, just all year long. Yeah. You've said that being at the Olympics is, it's obviously the pinnacle of your sport, but it's also part of the journey. How do you maintain that grounded mindset when you are competing at the pinnacle of your sport and what seemingly is a lot on the line? It is, and it's such a, because it comes every, well, normally every four years. Normally, but this time, no, no, no. (laughs) A little different. Yeah, this time a little different, but normally, you know, we have that four years and, you know, I think you just kind of remind yourself how much you wanted this and how much you worked for it. I think at that moment, you you, you feel those nerves and it's almost like you, you, you all, we all kind of have those thoughts of like, wow, this is tough and this is hard, but you kind of just have to remind yourself that how much you wanted this and how much you worked for this and how much you put in for this um, and just enjoy and enjoy the moment. I think I've you know, been blessed to have, you know, this be my second Olympics and kind of just being a, a different mindset. I think, you know, going into the 2016 Olympics, it, it, I absolutely just wanted to win. And that was the only goal. And I didn't care about the time. If I wanted to win, I could have won with 56 seconds and been completely yeah. happy. But for me, this time was not about that. It wasn't just about going for gold. It was about just doing, you know, my very, very best and giving it my all and just, seeing where I can do after the, the year that I had. So just having that commitment means, you know, everything and just kind of pushing through when, when need to. Well, you did do your very best at the highest stage, which which isn't easy, you know, at an Olympic Games to go a best time or a personal best and show up when it matters most. Um, it takes a really special athlete. And Delilah, you are one of those special athletes. So congratulations. Um, I kind of want to switch gears into pre-race routine. Um, do you have any superstitions like a pair of earrings, jewelry, like hair tie, like what goes into all of that? You know, I do have these hair ties that I love that you kind of make them yourself. So I definitely wear that every time I race now because it just keeps the hair nice and, and, you know, tight and in place, but you know, when I was younger, I used to kind of have a superstition. Um, I would, like, not pack anything silver, like, in my bag. I wouldn't <laughs> pay my nails silver. And I remember this one race in college. I had silver nails, and I got second. It was our Ben Pack 10 championship. And I remember thinking, I'm never, ever wearing anything silver ever again. You know, you think, you, we put so much pressure on winning, don't we, right? right. But, you know. <laughs> and as a Trojan for you – Interesting choice with the silver because you are kind of like gold colors. Exactly. And I was thinking, why did I ever do this? Like, clearly, in that second, you had silver nails. Delilah, you did this to yourself. (laughs) It's so stupid, so stupid. But, you know, I remember even in 2017, I came home with a silver too. And I remember just being laughing at myself, like going through my suitcase, like, did I pack anything silver and finding, like, one of my Nike sneakers had like a silver check and was like, oh, that's the reason. But Yeah, I can't believe <laughs> you know, I did this to myself again. Like, didn't I learn? <laughs> I'm definitely happy to be out of that habit, though, and just be thankful for, you know, just working hard and doing your best. I think, you know, 
we put so much pressure on only the, the winners and nothing to take away from Sydney. And even myself, when I have won oh, the race, I was just like, that was the only goal. But there's so much more to it and so much. It doesn't diminish your hard work at all coming in second. It truly is incredible what you've done throughout your entire career. Um, I want to go back to packing and all the stuff, and especially the kits that you guys get as Team USA Olympic athletes. I swear it gets better every single Olympic Games. Can you give me your top three favorite things from this year's kit? Man, honestly, (laughs) I love all the Nike gear. But honestly, my, my absolute favorite thing we probably got was the Skims kit that all the women and the women got. <laughs> Sorry, Nike. Clearly, I love you guys, too. But um, um, so definitely the Skims, like just everything we got that in that little package was my favorite. Uh, I always love the – I'm a hats girl. Definitely, I wear a hat to practice every single day. So love all the hats. That's like my second favorite. And our podium shoes. I love those things, those Nikes that we got for our podium outfit. So, so nice. It's so funny, Delilah, that you brought up the Skims because I think today they actually went live on Skims website and I went and tried to buy some and they were already sold out in every <laughs> single color because they're so awesome. No, they're so comfortable. And I was like, I have so many girls on the team that, well, on my team, like back home, that's not on the Olympic team. They're like asking me, like, can you grab? I'm like, man, everyone has that locked down. Even the men are trying to get some for their wives. Of course back they home. are. Like, they're like, hey. Girls, we're like, no, you, don't, you don't need three of those. <laughs> exactly. Actually, I do not. Yeah, you're right. You do. And you earn them. So you should be able to keep them and do what you want with them. Um. Let's talk about the village and how that experience has been amazing for you, but also how different it's been compared to Rio at your last games. Oh, man, you know what? It's, you know what, the one thing I'm missing in the village is we're not all able to, like, come together and cheer each other on as a, as a team and watch all the other sports. Um, we can do it, but just in small groups. And it's not the same. It's really not the same. I think I remember that, you know, um, when Michelle Carter, she won the first uh, Olympic gold medal for Team USA back in Rio. And I remember we were all downstairs watching her, kind of all sports, um, just kind of down there watching her. And it was just such a great experience. So I definitely missed that. But, you know, I think we've kind of done a good job of it, trying to still feel like an Olympics. Um, you know, it's not as crazy as I thought it would be with lockdown and even our cardboard beds. But <laughs> um, it, it's... Yes, actually... <laughs> It's so good. So, yeah, I know that they're cardboard, but they support you fine, right? Like, you've had no problems? They do support you fine. Um, They are a little bit hard. They do support you hard. Um, I mean, they do support support you. Did, um, so when you got into the village, did they have comforters and pillows there waiting for you like they normally do at an Olympic Games? Okay. So we got the blanket that everyone loves to keep that souvenir. My mom told me already, like, make sure you bring that thing home. Like, you, I want it. I'm like, I got you. Mom. I got you, mom. But, you you um, can't have my skins, <laughs> but you can have my comforter I, from the Olympic Games. <laughs> I I have a question about your medals. Where do you keep them? You know, right now I actually finally put them on display, like in my home. Like, it, it took me a long time, but I finally made like a little display in my living room. Um, yeah, they're they're out and about, and uh, people like to kind of hide them away, yeah. tuck them in, 
you know, took them away so they don't get stolen. But you know what? They're on display. I'm very proud of them. So they're in my living room currently on display. As you should be. Um, Incredible accomplishments. One last question. Aside from winning that silver medal, what has been the most memorable experience that you've had thus far at these Olympic Games? It could be like walking through the dining hall and meeting someone or seeing something happen, you know, like it can be silly. <laughs> Honestly, I think, you know, I, I don't even know if I should say this. When, when is this going to be aired? But <laughs> I don't know. Um, for COVID rules, right. uh, I don't know if I'm one of them, yeah. but I definitely, uh, our throwers, we got different, they got different breads than us. Um, so they got like these like huge Tempur-Pedic mattresses. So when my, <laughs> when my roommate left, I definitely switched beds. So that's been the, the best part of my Tokyo. Good. Taking care of yourself. <laughs> this is important, Dalila. <laughs> no, it, I changed this, but you know, I don't know, COVID, we weren't supposed to, but you no, know. No, that's, that's fine. But no, it is very interesting because you go to an Olympic Games at least I'm sure the average person thinks the accommodations are next to none, you know, like five-star hotel, temper, everybody gets a Tempur-Pedic bed and a bath and it's, it's far from that. And I, but I do think that's something that makes the Olympic games so special. And I mean, I know that Japan has just done an incredible job hosting, but Dalila, thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations on the silver going under world record time. I hope when you get home, you can add that silver next to everything else in your display case and you kind of get to soak in a moment of just appreciation and feeling proud of yourself because the entire country is behind you and very proud of you as well. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thank you guys back home. Just everyone for your support. But yes, thank you so much. Of course. Good luck. This podcast is presented by Nordatrack from iFit. Follow In the Village now on Amazon Music and wherever you're listening to get automatic downloads. And tune into the networks of NBC to watch it all unfold. <laughs>